It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it's Friday, so you know what that means. It's time for the roundtable. Super excited. Yes, Julia is representing the SEC. You can't see her shirt just yet. Oh, there it is. Julia Daniels, for, for those looking on YouTube, Amazon Fire, Roku, then you can see Julia in her SCC shirt in Big Town, in Big Ten country. But we got Julia Daniels from CARE 11. We got Reggie Wilson, the guy that runs everything at CARE 11. Anything that happens at CARE 11, it's Reggie. So if you oh, don't okay. like it, email and tweet Reggie Wilson. <laughs> oh, that, that whole DirecTV dispute, it's all Reggie. <laughs> Please don't. Don't do Re- that. Reggie refuses to sign the contract. Um, so we have to jump on the Peacock app. Um, but Sam Ekstrom uh, from Locked On Sports Minnesota. And, of course, I'm Ron Johnson. And this is the Friday Roundtable. I want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. I did this for a baseball game. It works very easily, people. You just go on. Once you have your email address and account created, you buy your tickets. They digitally send them to your email. Get to the gate. Just show them your phone. Scan it. And you're in. I went to see the the Twins versus the Tigers when I was in Detroit. Very easy. I didn't have to worry about scalpers or anything like that. It was right there on my phone. So it's a very easy and safe and secure way to get tickets into any game right away. Well, Sam, Reggie, Julia, it's time to get locked in on these topics today. What you got for us, Reggie? Vikings hot takes. We're making them because (laughs) what else are we going to do? It's the offseason. But I got one for you. I got one. And, of course, we're talking about who's the GOAT of the GOAT of the GOAT. Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, it's been a whirlwind. Um, don't ask me how many times I've cried since Nick Saban <laughs> announced his retirement, but we'll talk about who we think is better later. I wonder who Julia takes in that argument. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to talk about the Wolves. They made me cry on Wednesday night. <laughs> this close to the biggest win of the year in Boston. Oh, I thought she said goat, so I grabbed the oar. Get your oar in the water, people. We're talking about goats, but we're talking about gophers basketball. Are they rowing in the right direction? Dawson Garcia, 6'10", prior Lake High School grad. We are going to talk about Ben Johnson because we used to talk about Lindsey Whaley versus Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson seems like he's figured it out. Maybe this gopher basketball team can dance. We'll talk about that and much more coming up on the roundtable starting with hot takes hot takes i want you guys to remember this episode is brought to you by game time so make sure you guys download that game time app locked on is the code people for 20 dollars off your first purchase that's 20 dollars towards tickets you might want to go see the gophers check them out well reggie get us started all right sam twisted my arm and, and made me make a hot take on the vikings and so you know, I don't. I know everybody might be thinking like, "Oh, trade Justin Jefferson for assets." No, I'm not going there. They should keep him. You can't miss on on a wide receiver after hitting on two straight. So keep him. But what I will say is, Quasi, let's make a deal, Adolfo Mensa. How about trading up from eleven to either the first or the second? overall pick to take a quarterback Mm. that is the hot take they they, it's been a while since they've drafted a quarterback to develop uh 
Sam, Ron, back me up. Am, am I thinking uh, Teddy Two Gloves? Is, is that the is that the last one? It's been a while. The last so, first rounder. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while, and there's no promises. I was looking at mock drafts this week, and look, my draft crush, my draft crush, is Michael Penix. Like the dude has an arm cannon on his left shoulder. And I know he didn't have a great national championship game. That's fine. He'll get coached up. He'll be better. But you take Michael Penix at 11. There is no guarantee that he will even be there. I saw some mock drafts that had him going in the top four. I saw some mock drafts that had him in the top 10. The Vikings are right outside the top 10. So there's no promise that the quarterback that they want will be there now you know outside of the top 10 you might be looking at a guy like Bo Nix at 11 is 11 too high for a guy like Bo Nix maybe um I know he's Julia's favorite quarterback but I, I'm not so I'm not so sold <laughs> on Bo Nix um at 11 so if you want the quarterback of the future this is the year to go get him quarterback deep draft possible four to five generational type quarterbacks in this draft you got to be able to get one so what better way to do that than to trade up Quasi has shown that he likes to make some trades wheel and deal he'll even wheel and deal with the team in his own division talking about the the lions so you know it would be nothing for him to wheel and deal up to the number one spot from chicago or the number two spot and and take the quarterback that that he wants um it would definitely cost a lot, but this is a hot take. This is what Sam wanted, so that's my take. I have a question for you guys. What do you guys think Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen would be worth together? Mm, I'm not going to make my joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, some cleats, some cleats and footballs. <laughs> a golden Whist oar. Whistles. I'll trade him for a golden oar. I was going to say my hot take is just what, you know, whatever they can get for those guys. <laughs> just been, um, during the magic beans. Yeah. <laughs> something. Um, the end of season presser with Quasi and, and Kevin O'Connell, Chuck Scoggins was like, what's going on with these guys? What's what, what are we doing? What, you know, we haven't really seen anything out of either of them and crazy, you know, <sighs> I know Quasi and just the entire organization, they do obviously keep things locked down pretty well and they tiptoe around answers and this, that, and the other. But um, the way he answered the Kirk question was, we want him here. We're going to do what we can to keep him here. When he was asked about Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth, it was, um, yeah, we like their production. Um, we like the way that they work in our, they, they've been working in our system, our work ethic. This, that, and the other. So I I guess my hot take would be just, you know, we'll see if we see them next year, right? I just don't know. Um, I, I think there was a lot of excitement over Jordan Addison this year, and the hot takes from that draft was Kevin O'Connell being really excited because they stuck with the game plan rather than diverting like they everyone felt like they did in the 2022 draft so um I, I feel like there's a lot of regrets when it comes to those two um but uh also I would agree with Reggie I could see them maybe trading up for a quarterback and having him stay under a year under Kirk 
um, learning a little bit about the offense that everyone talks about that's so difficult under the guy that obviously knows it the best and then saying goodbye to Kirk after next year. Um, and then a lot of the mock drafts also have that uh, if the Vikings stay at 11, they're going to go for a D end, which makes you question things about Daniil, you know, what's going on there. So my hot take would be, what do they do with the 2022 uh, top picks that they have? What's what's going to happen with them in the off season? I'm interested to see. Just trade the entire class and try yeah. to get one, one starter. I mean, they're, they're 2019 or 2020 class. Like nobody from those classes are here anymore. Mm, that That's damn. why they're in the position they're in, in many ways is because they're just empty voids in their, their drafting. Um, here's my hot take. I think they let Daniel Hunter walk. And I think that Quazy just can't, he can't resist going and getting a injury prone edge rusher with upside. He hit on Zadarius Smith, whiffed on Marcus Davenport. He's saying, I'm one and one. Let's roll the dice. And he goes and he signs Chase Young to a two-year deal. Chase Young, who's traded to San Francisco, um, had a really nice year between the Commanders and the 49ers. 67 pressures. Really efficient pass rusher this year. Had a great season. And he's still super young. Quazy loves his sort of underutilized or like in, like guys whose value is depressed because of injuries, or what have you. He also loves first round picks. I think that Chase Young fits the Quazy bill. Um, going into that second contract, I think he signs a two year deal with the Vikings, and uh, then they draft another edge rusher to go with him. Mm. Okay, here's my hot take. Hot takes. So looking at the Viking schedule right now, I don't know if you guys have done that just yet. I've been looking at it. I'm still trying to figure out who's going to London uh, to play them because it's not going to be the Jags. People thought it was the Jags. Jags already have. They have to be there, so they can't play mm-hmm. the Vikings. And it won't be the Bears because the Bears are also hosting a game there. The Vikings are the home team. They're going to host a game in London. So when you look at their possible options, I don't think they would make it a divisional opponent like the Lions or the Packers. I could be wrong, but I don't think they will. It could be the Cards, Texans. Colts, 49ers, Falcons, Jets. Of that group, who do they want to put in London? Well, they definitely would probably put the 49ers, maybe the Texans because they have a sexy quarterback, or the Jets with Aaron Rodgers and Hiawaska on the overseas trip. So looking at all that, it's legal. Looking <laughs> at all that, right now, the Vikings for next season, I have them winning 12 games. I have them at 12 and 5 already. Like, I'm looking at next year's schedule. My hot take is the Vikings next year will go 12-5. and Now, again, I'm looking at this year. I don't know who's going to get drafted, but they play the Bears twice. They play the Lions-Packers at six games. I'm going to say of those six games, they're going to go 4-2. They'll lose to the Lions and Packers once. They'll split. They'll beat the Bears twice. They can beat the Cards. I think they can beat the Texans. Well, the Texans is a toss-up for me. But they can beat the Colts. They can beat the Falcons and the Jets. They lose to the 49ers. They can beat the Jags. They can beat the uh, Titans and the Giants. They could lose to the Rams and the Seahawks. That's 12 and five. Boom. Hot take for the season, regardless of who they're going to have, regardless of who's going to be their guy. It's going to be Kirk Cousins. Though. Now, listen, if it's not Kirk Cousins and, you know, it's not a great quarterback, take out, take it away. But my hot take for already 12 and five next season, looking at it. And if they really want to take the hands out of the 49ers pockets, I'd say put them over in London, make it tough for Brock Purdy to travel. So I'm going to go Vikings 12 and five next season. 
Chase Young, Thank his you. former former uh, teammate, can sack him four times. Um, but now this is the fun part of the show because we got your FanDuel locks for all those that continue to uh, the everydayers that jump on FanDuel that that place these bets, these parlays. We got our wild card spreads, and we're gonna take some notes now. I'm gonna make sure people know this. It's gonna be negative thirty in Kansas City, negative thirty. So Sam, now you see why on our show I pick the uh, the Chiefs to beat the Dolphins. I didn't think it'd be negative thirty, but I knew weather would come into a factor. Negative thirty is just dumb. Like I remember the negative thirty playoff game or negative twelve Seahawks, and then the Giants I think was negative ten. The Bears was like negative eight, and those hurt. Like those hurt because that was at the T that was at TCF Bank. That's before I think that's before you and Reggie. I mean Reggie and Julia. Mm-hmm. They had to play at the TCF Bank Stadium outdoors. It was freezing. Like Greg Coleman's nose froze, his lips. He couldn't even talk. They had to stop going to him on the sideline because he couldn't talk. Is that when Bud Grant came out in a polo? Yep. Grant, yes. Bud Grant came out in a polo, like <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but at that age, he probably didn't even realize what was going on. He was just like, all right, let's go. Let's get across this field. Like That's awesome. <laughs> he's like, What are all these people doing in my living room? What are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about Everything with weather. Now you know that one. Everything else I think is pretty fair. I'll start with you, Sam. What are your FanDuel locks for the wild card? Wasn't well, isn't there a big snow forecast in uh Buffalo? Isn't that yeah, Buffalo's supposed thing? to get snow as well? Yep. Yeah. Not but, not um, but they're playing Pittsburgh though. So Pittsburgh's yeah. kind of used to it too, though. Yeah, that's um well I there was a rumor they were gonna move the game because to of Cleveland? the snow. Oh, was it to Cleveland? Yeah. Or- but yeah, it's not true. I, I don't think that's happening. All right, here's my lock. Um, the Eagles are going to crush the Buccaneers. It's not even going to be close. They're mm. a three-point favorite. I know there's some speculation that Jalen Hurts can't grip the ball. I think that it's overblown. I think he's going to be fine. I also think that it's going to rain in Tampa. We got more weather issues. If it's a running battle, if it's a ground attack, I love the Eagles rushing depth they got the tush push going they've got um two three really good backs swift um penny i think that they're gonna win by double digits handily over tampa bay who's just happy to be there Mm. reggie all right as much as this pains me on multiple fronts I can't even believe I'm saying it. Don't show this to my brother, okay? Um, I'm taking Rams over the Lions. I think mm. Matthew Stafford comes back, shows the the Lions what they missed out on by trading him. I think he outduels Jared Goff, and the Lions are just a really, really, really fun one and done playoff <laughs> team. That's that's my lock. I think the the Rams are one of the mm. hottest teams in the league right now. They got it cooking with Puka and Cup and the this run game with Kyron Williams and Stafford's playing out of his mind right now. I just think, you know, what we saw from the Lions defense to come down, you know, the through the stretch of the season, I just think that, you know, they they're not going to be able to I mean, if it if it gets into a shootout because you know both defenses are not all that great, I just think the I, I think I trust Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl champion, more than I trust Jared Goff, Super Bowl loser. So mm. that's my that's my uh, that's my lock. Julia Daniels. 
Um, I'm going biased, but who cares? Uh, I'm going Cowboys are going to crush the Packers. They're mm. undefeated at home. Uh, they're seven-point favorites right now, but I could see it more than that. Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. There's been rumors that Jerry Jones wants Bill Belichick. Uh, I saw that this morning. So, And it's all going to ride on this postseason run that they have because does the, the regular seasons haven't really mattered the past few years because they've just completely sputtered out when it came to the postseason. So um, I could see a lot of fire for this Dallas team, obviously, um, at home, too is a great advantage for them. I can see the Packers coming in and just getting crushed. So I'm going to go Cowboys beating the spread on this one. Here we go. Exactly. Here we go. You know, it's funny, the difference too, have you ever heard, I, I've tweeted the, Coop, the Cooper Rush version of it versus the Dak Prescott. Like Cooper Rush, you actually know what he's saying. Dak, people were kind of confused at first, but Cooper Rush, he like pronounces every word of that. Here we go. Like, like, yeah, just, here we go. It's so, it's so different. <laughs> Dak's got a little swag to his. Like, here we go. Like, it's just so different. But, okay. Gravel in the voice. Yeah. So, as I'm looking at the Dol- – yeah, it's, it's a little raspy. It's got a little, you know – I'm looking at the Dolphins, Kansas City. And as I'm looking at the run game in this negative 30, they're going to have to run the ball. I kind of feel like the Dolphins might pull this off. Only reason is because they got Tyreek Hill and you can hand the ball to him in the snow. And it's like watching a little bad kid run away from their parents in the mall. <laughs> Like Tyreek Hill and Pacheco. Pacheco, too. I don't know if you've seen the video of Pacheco running. Somebody said it looks like he just tried on new shoes and he's a kid in Foot Locker because the way he oh, stumps man. and runs away. It's like when, when a parent gives a new kid a kid some new shoes and they start running in place to try. Like he's like stutters in place and then he takes off like a cartoon. When he puts his head down, like <laughs> when a kid steals an iPhone. It. Right. It just takes off. So this is the battle. Of bad little kids in the mall running away from their parents. Pacheco versus Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, we know, has already been telling Mike McDaniels, you got to give me the ball. I need 200 whatevers. It could be runs. It could be passes. I need screens. Like, I want to absolutely obliterate the Chiefs. So I'm switching it up. I don't think it matters. Patrick Mahomes, like, he's already, we got Taylor. Is Taylor Swift going to show up for the negative 30? We got so much, like, outside. Now, we do know the NFL, and see, now I want to switch it, because now we know the NFL wants Taylor Swift to go on into the Super Bowl. Like, they want Taylor Swift in the present Super Bowl. But I'm going to go with the conspiracy finally ends. The Dolphins beat the Chiefs. But I'm going to give you guys all the locks. I'm going to give you guys the parlay. I'm taking Browns, Dolphins, Bills, Cowboys, Lions, Eagles. Plus four seventy seven people. Hundred dollars gets you four thousand and seven seventy seven hundred bucks. Take that one. That's your playoff parlay from the Locked On Sports crew. Hopefully, you guys love it. But I, I kind of went with Julio and hers. I'm going against Reggie, and I think I'm going with Sam. So I'm hoping the Lions, my Detroit Lions, I hope they continue to make the city happy. Matthew Stafford, send them home in a body bag. Not literally. It's a joke. But Lawrence Taylor used to say that. Put them in a body bag. Like Just- that, this is. I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear the that stupid lions fight song for the rest of my life. If I hear it, sing it, Reggie. Against, no, it is the worst fight song I have ever heard. I don't even know their fight song, and I'm from Detroit. Wow, yeah. wow! But yeah, I was. So I would never forget. Off to the two. No, guys. it's not oh, even. It's not that. Okay. It's, it's, lions. It's like it's like uh, forward down the field. It's like every time they score. They play it, and it's just so bad. It's so bad. I'm like the home of Motown, all True. these cool musical acts, and that's what you come up with. That's why the team was losing for so long. Yeah, true. They mm-hmm. could have had Diana Ross or somebody put something together something. for them. But 
the Wolves. They lose to Boston. They shouldn't have, but they were without some of their stars. So we know that. So I don't give that. Like they they almost won without their big three and their point guard. So I'm not going to put too much on that. Also, Nick Saban, Belichick, all depart on the same day. Like, I don't know who did it first. Like, do, who who retired first? Do we know? Saban. Saban, Saban retired first? Saban. Yeah, that makes sense because Belichick is petty. Saban retires first and Belichick, oh, you want, you want some shine? No, no, no. I'm going to retire too. Take that, Nick Saban. They're going to talk about me because they care about – and it's true. Like, all the national stories jump to the Patriots. It was he like, didn't right. retire, though. He didn't uh, retire, well, true, he just yeah. departed with his Mutually team. parted ways, yeah. Technically could be a retirement, could be a – you know, but you decide to mutually depart from your team the day Nick Saban retires. Like, you couldn't have, like, just waited one more day and done it today on Friday. Like, they couldn't have, like, let Saban have his glory for the day and let Feinbaum and Julia get their love affair with Alabama out. No. They had to get Belichick. They had well, they to did. They did do it. It was a – they uh, Saban, Saban ended up poo-pooing on Pete Carroll. True. And then Belichick was the next day. <laughs> yeah, it was Carroll's day. It was Carroll's and day. Yeah. And then Saban. Then Belichick. Now Greg Popovich should just do it. Like, all right, I'm going to leave too. <laughs> yeah. I saw Mina Kimes tweet that. At first I didn't get it. I'm like, oh, that would be funny if he just was like, yeah, okay, I'm going I'm to – since everybody's over 70, all right, I'm going to leave. I'm going I'm to go ahead and get out of here. <laughs> Thank you, Wimby, for everything you've done for me. But I'm like, no, he's got Wimby. He's going to stick around now. He's like, okay, I got to start. Uh, but we got to work from our sponsors. We come back. We're going to talk about the Wolves and then, of course, Nick Saban and Belichick. Game time brings you today's show. You want tickets? Want tickets to a sporting event, comedy, music, theater? It's all available here in the Twin Cities. Uh, you got to have the Game Time app. It's a must for ticket buying because they have killer last minute deals, all in prices that you see right on your screen, views from your seat, best price guarantee. And if you want to go late to the event, if you're just running behind or, or you want to get something last second, you can find last second deals up to an hour after the event starts. And with the game time guarantee, you get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Uh, flash deals, zone deals, big time savings at game time. Download the app, create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account and redeem code locked on L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, now it's time to talk about the Wolves. Take it away, Sam. Yeah, this was a gut punch. This was a bummer. Um, Boston hadn't lost at home all year. The Wolves had travel difficulties. They flew in day of, second half of a back-to-back. Conley, I I thought the Wolves didn't do load management. They take Conley out for rest. Gobert had a quote-unquote injury, but I'm not, I think that was also kind of a vet, a vet day for him. So two starters down. They're leading by nine with three minutes left. And then the same thing happens that happened against Dallas two games before. Too much hero ball. Too many turnovers. Other team gets hot. And the next thing you know, the Wolves are in overtime. J-Max fouling out and keeps playing iso ball. Chris Finch calls him out after the game. And the Wolves lose in what would have been probably their biggest win of the year. They could have swept the season series against Boston. Um, 
I was I was disappointed in the Wolves, and this might be just a little bit of a, a an alarm bell to watch for how they're handling end of games because the flow, the passing, it's so beautiful in the middle of the game. But then when the stakes get high, the the ball gets sticky, stops moving. And I've I've hit him on this a couple times. A little bit too much hero ball. If you're going to do that, Ant, get to the rim. The jump shots, the step backs, the over over dribbling around the perimeter. Don't love it. Um, so the carelessness cost them against Boston. I don't care if they're shorthanded. If you're up nine with three minutes left in the NBA, win the game. You have to win the game, Herm Edwards. So I was bummed. I think they should have won. Um, and I'm also watching their late game offense now because that's two times in three games that they've collapsed down the stretch. Mm. That is very true. That I mean, but I think the guys being out, Sam, that's that's for me what it is. And, and it is a back. I forgot about the back to back. Like we talked about that earlier mm-hmm. that Ant said he's not resting for some of these, but maybe the other guys are like, look, let's lose the let's lose this little battle to win the war. Sometimes this happens. Uh, Julia, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would completely agree that the end of game scenarios. Um, I think when it comes to Mike Connolly taking rest days, those are days that Anthony Edwards should be having conversations with him about um, decision making skills when it comes to crunch time at the end of games, because that was one of the main issues. It's like spread the ball out or shoot it, but don't just sit there, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think. Yeah, and the Celtics when when you're playing like the Wolves have been when you pl- and then you play the Celtics, the Celtics are really the only measuring stick that you're going to have to really figure out what the heck is going on and what's and what's going wrong for your team too. Um so yeah, their biggest competition of the year for sure and they fell short and it exposed some things which is expected in in that kind of matchup. Um but yeah, I think it's just Ant and some growing pains. He is I think people forget, you know, he he has been in the league for a few years, but he's still a young guy. Um uh, so I think co- more conversations with Mike Connolly could really help him out um when it comes to those frustrating times for him because I think he talked about it too post game that he was frustrated with how he played and that he needed to just shoot the ball or, or, you know, throw something, you know, but I think it's uh it comes down to just him being young and, and needing to learn from the veterans that are on the team because they're there for a reason. And they're obviously investing in ant. They think he's the future. Um, so take advantage of the times that you have with these guys that, that do know what they're doing in those kind of game time situations. Um, and that can help them out a lot, but yeah, everything that you said, Sam, I would agree with um, it just, you know, these it's different than last year. It was, uh, it was the, the games where they, they were playing the teams that weren't very great. And this year it's like, Oh, it's, it's normal again, where it's the guys that are really good that you're like, okay, this is what's going wrong here. So yeah, I would just say, Ants just got some growing pains. He's a young guy. Can't really give him a break because of how much he's getting paid and, you know, the investment and everything. But, <laughs> but I think that that's uh, something that's going wrong. And good on Finch for calling him out post game too. So mm-hmm. Reggie. You know, these guys are still learning what it means to to win. And they're, they're going through their growing pains. That was a game that, that would kind of maybe legitimize, like, what they're building and what they're doing. And that's a, a tough miss of an opportunity. But – and then it also looks bad when you look at Boston on the second night of a back-to-back and they just get absolutely crushed 
by Milwaukee last night. I mean, just absolutely crushed. It seems like, you know, Jason Tatum, he, he went for 45 against the Wolves, and that was like his, his best performance of the week because he came back last night and, and, and that Boston team just didn't even look recognizable compared to the night before against the Wolves. They were like, dang, what, what happened to that performance you know, last night? What's, what was up with that? Why didn't we get those Celtics? And so, you know, it's just it's, – it's, I wouldn't say it's anything to necessarily be alarmed by. It's a long season, and they'll, they'll start to figure some things out. But that is a, a tough loss um, at a time where you're trying to legitimize how good of a team you are at this point. Yeah. And, and so I'm just going to make it simple. I think I love what Sam said, like missing those guys, I think is part of it with the low management. And if you look at defensive rebounds, they were even offensive rebounds. They edged them. I don't think they're even if Rudy Gobert plays, like I think he eliminates some of those 39 rebounds that the Celtics are able to get. Rudy Gobert is in that like ridiculous realm of just, he's been controlling the boards, turnovers. They were even Points in the paint. They dominated them, 50 to 34. Uh, personal fouls. Now, that's where it gets crazy. Like, 27 to 19. It, it felt a little uh, – who was that? The Raptors coach that got pissed off down the stretch in the fourth quarter that said his team got two free throws and the other team got 23. Maybe these people are like, ah, we want to make sure people know the East is still better than the West. And so the West has held it down with the Nuggets and LeBron and the Lakers, and we want the East to feel okay because they always crumble as of late. So they wanted to show it. But – I think at full strength, the Timberwolves are the best team in the league. Like at full strength against this Celtics team, the Timberwolves are the best team in the league. So I'm not putting too much into it. I I, I do agree with the 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 hero ball stuff. Like I I see it at Lifetime Fitness all the time, and every time I play pickup, whenever a guy thinks it's his time to just dribble, 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 shoot, he it, it like I know there was a song, dribble, dribble, shoot, swish. I forgot what that was. I remember that Swiss beat to somebody, but um. It, it doesn't happen like you guys are staring at you they know you're the guy like i saw somebody have a ridiculous which i know they're doing it for clickbait they're like oh i would trade anthony edwards right now for jason tatum shut up um i, I think people are just trying to throw clickbait stuff out there like, i would trade jason tatum for anybody on our team uh cat rudy gobert all of them at once and just to get jason tatum you're talking about one game one game where every other year jason tatum has crumbled in the playoffs and so that's why I think this team is just still figuring it out. They had to rest some guys. Rudy Gobert's French fries weren't hot enough, so he's like, I'm not playing. My French fries aren't right. I'm not going to play, so get it right. So he set out. <laughs> but I think the Timberwolves are fine. I, I really do. Like, without their guys and the way this team looked, and you look at what they lost in, which is the rebounding, that's where Rudy Gobert comes in. That's what he's good. And he's going to give you 15 points. So I think it slows it down. It gives Ant an additional guy to, to dump it off to instead of him having to play hero ball. I think they're fine. But now we got to move on because this is the part Julie has been waiting for her whole life. No, I haven't. You haven't been waiting for this? This is your moment. You get to homage to Nick Saban. Take it mm -hmm. away, Julia. So the question is, Saban or Belichick, who's the greatest mm -hmm. football coach mm -hmm. of all time? To the end of the road. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know if you needed slow music in the back. I mean, obviously, I, I'm going to be biased here, right? We know this. Um, but I also, I, I will say, these are two totally different atmospheres of football that these guys have been successful in. Um, it's so, a totally different thing to be successful in the NFL than it is to be successful in college football because it takes different kinds of skills. One is dealing with grown men and one is dealing with kids. Saban tried it too. 
Saban tried to go. Saban tried to go to the NFL. He tried it. Yeah, I know. I am the first to tell you that I don't think college football coaches should go coach in the NFL. I, we haven't seen it work out very well, very often, um, because, like I was saying, they're dealing with kids that come in. They're you know seventeen and eighteen year olds. Um, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Nick Saban because I think that just from what I obviously experienced for myself. He has had a hand in the success of so many people that have come, not just through his program, but through the University of Alabama. I I saw some stats about, and Reggie and I were talking about this in the sports office, there's more out-of-state kids that go to the University of Alabama than in-state kids now, and that flip-flopped from before Saban got there. When I went to the University of Alabama, there were 60% out-of-state kids, 40% in-state kids. I think that the margin is even more now. Um, And it's because people want to come, you know, because of this environment that he created there. But my personal experience is, you know, I, I fought it for so long when I was in high school because I specifically went to Alabama to be a sports broadcaster, not having any experience in it. Thank God I liked the job and I liked to do it. Um, But I went there for that specific reason. And the reason that I picked that is because of the opportunities that that football program gives to people that want to do sports broadcasts. They bring in all of the big crews. I got to travel with the SEC and CBS because Nick Saban made that football program what it is. And then what our producer Ryan Williamson said last night, he said, he's the only coach that has spread the greatness. He spread the wealth his assistants go on to be great coaches in other places too. And that says something about him as well. The way that they can come in at their lowest. We've seen it with Lane Kiffin. We've seen it with Sark come in. He brings them in as analysts. They're able to work their way up. They learn under him and then they go out and they have their own programs that see their own success too, which I think speaks to his greatness as well. So I'm going to go with Saban. I love the guy. I've cried enough about (laughs) retiring already because not, I mean, everyone's like, he didn't, he didn't die. He's, he's still alive, but um, the program just will never be the same without him. Um, And I'm so happy that I got to experience and I got to go to school there when he was the coach. Um, But I do know that, uh, Life as an Alabama fan will never be the same. Mm. Beautiful eulogy. The road. We should have wore black today, Sam. We forgot to do that again. We could have buried Saban's. Oh, twice in one week. Twice in one week. We could have buried Saban's career. We didn't do it. We missed an opportunity. We buried Saban's career. (laughs) We We buried the Viking season on Tuesday. We could have buried Saban today. All black. I got the sunglasses still in here. We could have made it work. Uh, <laughs> Reggie, what are your thoughts? Saving versus Belichick. Okay, so I agree with, with Julia. I really do. Um, and I I wanted to lean saving just because of everything that, that she said. Um, oh, just got the alert. Sark is staying at Texas. Um, all right, so I, I know, Julia, it's okay. He Sorry. tweeted yesterday that he was staying. Sorry, uh, Dan Lanning, too. We yeah. knew, we knew. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Because PJ, so... PJ's leaving for Bama, <laughs> right? Tim Brewster. It's gonna be Tim here's, Brewster. here's my thought. Roll, roll the tide. Roll the tide. Here's my thought. So the um, tide has come in. I go Belichick here, and only because there is little, very little parody 
in college football the way that it is in the NFL. There's a salary cap, you know, teams, teams rise up and, you know, all that. Like you look at what the what Pete Carroll did with the uh, Legion of Boom, getting them to their first Super Bowl championship. It is very, very hard to win in the NFL. The Vikings have not won a Super Bowl. It is very, very hard to win in the NFL. And you're talking about a head coach quarterback combo of Belichick and Brady winning six rings together. That is just unheard of. Belichick has two more Super Bowl wins as a head coach than any of the other people who've won Super Bowls. And so I go there. Now, yes, his assistants that have gone other places have not worked out. I get it. That That is fair. Uh, players that have necessarily, you know, except for maybe Tom Brady, players who have excelled in the Patriots system, they've gone elsewhere. They haven't really done a whole lot. I get that. But there's something about being in that Patriot system, that Patriot way, that they just rise to the occasion. That that Super Bowl against the Rams, the second one, not the one that they that they cheated, but the second one against the Rams. That was one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever seen. But Brian Flores had that defense humming. And it was all under Bill Belichick's tutelage to get them to where they were. And they beat the Rams. What was it like 13 to 3? It was a terrible. Yeah. That was a terrible Super Bowl. Yep. And that was the that was the last one. But like six rings is hard to do. In college football, you know that there's the the top of the top. And it just worked well for for Saban to be able to to work that into seven championships like not saying that it's easy because it's not, and he's lost his fair share of championships as well. But the parity in the NFL almost prevents dynasties from happening, and the Patriots built one in the 2000s under Belichick, and I just give Belichick the edge because of that. Mm. Yeah, great arguments both sides. Um, I don't want to reiterate too much of it. I just I think it's interesting how both of these coaches – didn't really begin their elite coaching jobs. They didn't get in those positions until they were like 50. Like imagine if they would had had that success at age 30 or 35, like all the new NFL head coaches. Now imagine if that is when they began their runs, they didn't begin their runs until like their final act. These were their kind of final main jobs. Now Belichick may take another one. I think he wants the all time wins record. He needs 27 more to pass Don Shula. I think he'll get it. Um, But I want to use my time to talk about Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, the man who got got his day buried by Saban and Belichick, one of only three coaches to win a college championship and a Super Bowl. And he kept his humanity through the whole thing. Like Saban and Belichick are just caricatures. They're so grumpy. They're so humorless that is that what it takes? Is that what it takes to be an elite football coach? You just can't have like emotional intelligence. I, I like that Pete Carroll psychopaths. kept his. What say again, Julia? I call him psychopaths. I say Nick psychopaths. Psychopath. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, because I think they were both kind of 
kind of not really fun guys. And uh, I just want to give Pete Carroll his moment in the sun, too, because he is a great legendary coach. And he had the energy of P.J. Fleck at age 72. Hmm. So I'm looking at I'm going to be petty in mine. So I look at the two. You got six national championships or six Super Bowls versus seven national championships. So seven is bigger than six. So I would lean Saban. Um, you look at the the ability to beat 32 teams versus the ability to beat 100, be better than 144 teams. I give the edge to Saban. But here's why I give the edge to Saban. In 2019, April 26th, a snowy day for the NFL draft, I tweeted, wide receiver Debo Samuels is the guy like I did do the breakdown for the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings have the pick at 50. But you know who else had the pick at 32? The Patriots. You know who they took? Nikhil Harry. They decided not to take Debo, not to take A.J. Brown. And you know why? Because on their visit, they were taking, I don't know if you guys remember this story, they were taking their visits together because they were friends. And they were like joking around and picking at each other, just like friends would do. Belichick said, I don't like the way they're 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 not taking these visits serious. Like they are they are potential first round picks, second round picks, and they're not taking this serious. So I don't want either of them. I'm gonna take Nikhil Harry. So in that aspect alone, Nick Saban, I think, would have took Debo or AJ Brown because they were the better college players, they had the better careers, and he decided to say these guys aren't serious enough about the process. So again, I think Saban, like you said, Julia, dealing with kids, it's harder to deal with kids. I think Saban understands that it's not always going to be perfect the way you want it to be. But if you can get these guys to play, that's the only reason. Also, I'm mad at the Vikings because they took Irv Smith Jr. at 50 and could have took A.J. Brown or Debo Samuels. I'm still mad at that one because then they could have went and got Dawson Knox in the third round and they decided to get Drew Samia. Like Irv was a great (laughs) college tight end. And then Mm -hmm. sure, sure, sure. Was he better than (laughs) Debo Samuels? No. Like, we didn't need Irv because we had Rudy. So let's get some more receivers in this building. You would have had a dynamic weapon in Debo. Now, you probably, I don't know if you could afford Debo and Justin Jefferson, but I'm not going to get off topic. I'm going with Saban. I like Saban, Belichick, uh, without Tom Brady. I don't think that pick was ever his. That was a six-round pick that just worked out. Without Brady, he hasn't been good. Saban has made guy after guy after guy good, uh, no matter who's under the helm for him. And then you see Saban had Mac Jones, baller. He takes Mac Jones to Patriots, terrible. So I'm going to go with Saban. He knows how to get the best out of his players and get the, uh, what do they call it, get the goose out the grape or get the juice out the grape. I forgot how they say that. <laughs> but he does a lot. Uh, we have a quick word from uh, the Gophers coming up next. We have a word from our sponsor before we jump into that. All right, I've got your homework assignment for the weekend. Go to FanDuel America's number one sports book. I want you to put $5, your new customer, put $5 on Ron Johnson's wild card parlay. I can't remember the six. You can listen back to it. The six teams, load those up, bet five on it. So win or lose, whether Ron Ron Johnson is right or not, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets straight to your account. That's the promotion at FanDuel, a guaranteed $150 when you start an account and make a $5 bet. And when you've got the $150, then you can uh, you can double down on the Ron Johnson parlay, or you can spread that money out around the NBA, NHL, or uh, NFL playoffs. In the parlay hub, you can construct your parlays. You can look at uh, bets that other people have made and get suggestions there. It's a really cool deal at FanDuel. That's a great FanDuel sportsbook app. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. 
Get 150 bucks. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Well, now it's time to quick to talk about the Gophers basketball team. We got about 30 seconds each on this, but we can get out of here quick. But everybody was saying Ben Johnson versus Lindsey Whalen. Lindsey Whalen gets fired. Now people are like, oh, it's only time before Ben Johnson's next. He gets the team to 11-3. and three. They are now playing Indiana. Do they make March Madness? I'm going to go quick and say yes. Why? Because Dawson Garcia has figured it out. I've talked to a couple other coaches and a couple other scouts, and he is an NBA body because he's 6'10", 6'11", long. He, it, once he figures it out and it feels like he's starting to figure it out that he's bigger than everybody else on the court at times, he's going to be able to dominate. And then hopefully that flips, that switch flips. And when it's time to go like to the Big Ten Championship and it's time to go to the dance, he's going to be ready. And I think Ben Johnson has so far gotten his team to where they need to be. Again, I'm always about report cards. If you start off fast and you have a little slip up, you'll still have a B grade, which should put you in the tournament. And that's where the Gophers are right now. Start, let's uh, finish it off with you. Let's go with you, Julia. I was going to sneeze for a second. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, – if I look back to the end of the season last year, I was like, I don't know about the vision that they have for this guy and this team. Uh, like you said, when they parted ways with Lindsey Whalen, everyone was like, what about Ben? What's going on here? But um, it's nice to see the vision starting to come to fruition. It's a, it's a hometown team. It's a young group. Um, I, I agree with you. Dawson Garcia is a special player. Um, they're, they're doing what they said they were going to do last year. They didn't say they were going to do it last year. They said, we're building on the future. Um, and I think we're starting to see that come to life. Yeah. I think that they would have a chance at March Madness. Should they continue to play that they, they are? Um, but that's the challenge. You gotta be consistent. You gotta keep doing what you've been doing. Um, you gotta be able to keep up with it. Also a lot of respect for Ben Johnson. I think he's a great coach and a great guy. Um, so it's nice to see someone like him succeed. Sam. Yeah. Data driven outlook here. Um, the resume is still not very good despite the record. They have zero quad one wins. They're 86th in the net rankings. Nine of their wins are against quad four. So there's a lot of work to be done to, uh, to be done to bolster this resume. Unfortunately, Michigan and Maryland wins aren't as impressive as they once were. I believe those were quad two. And it's all about the net rankings now in college basketball. So yeah. they are not in position currently to be a March Madness team. They can get there. They've got a ton of games left. I mean, it's a long season. So this could go south. They could go north. They could tread water, but there is work to be done. They're not going to be able to coast their way in. They got they got to keep winning and probably get to that twenty win mark or better. Reggie, yeah, I think one thing that we all can agree on is we are kind of rooting for them just because Ben Johnson is just such a likable guy and just such a you know a good coach. And so he said it this week: like coaching matters, but players make a difference as well. Freshmen from last year, they're playing better they're maturing and then they've just kind of rounded out this this team and this roster this is exactly the vision that ben johnson had for this gophers team and it was like look he was just hoping that everybody would stick with him be patient with what he was doing because he did take over a program that was pretty destitute you know they didn't have size but it's it's apparent now that he is building something and i think that's something to be encouraged about three wins already in the big 10 they had two all of last year. I guess three if you count their their one that they had in the actual in the tournament. tournament. Yep. But but two wins all of last year in the Big Ten. They've already surpassed that. This team has something going. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do against Indiana tonight. 
Yeah, the game tonight at 530, uh, Indiana Hoosiers, Minnesota Gophers. That's going to be the one to watch. The other ones to watch, January 23rd versus Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, and then February 15th versus Purdue. They are the number one team in the nation, and that is what Ben Johnson's litmus test for getting into the tournament probably will help as well. Um, like Sam said, 20 wins. By then, if they can get three or four wins, that puts them at 15 wins. But if they can even – they don't have to beat Purdue. But if it's a close game or they scare Purdue or something magical happens, the world's going to take notice. Uh, and then you also have Illinois in the Big Ten, who's a top 25 team or top 10 team right now. Um, so those are going to be the games. How do they do against top 25 opponents? If they get run out the gym – then Sam, you're right. Yeah, the, the committee's probably going to be like, eh, we don't need them in this. But if they stick with Purdue, if they beat Wisconsin or stick with Wisconsin, and if they can stick with uh, Illinois and make it close, then I think that really bolsters his resume when it's time for them to sit down that selection committee. Because we all know selection committees are full of it, and they just get to do whatever they want. When you look at how the final four football teams were decided, it's just, who do I want to see play in this game? And I'm going to pick Alabama because I know Nick Saban's about to retire, so let's at least let him go out with a final four finish of his career it was all written it was a conspiracy and the college football programs had a script that we didn't know about but i'm ron johnson that's reggie wilson julia dan sam maxman has been locked on sports minnesota thank you to the everydayers they continue to listen they continue to download please tell a friend and tell a friend about a friend that knows that we are on 24 7 on youtube you can check out our 24 7 stream all the sports you want that's twins vikings wild wolves gophers you name it we're going to talk about it and of course the nfl draft is coming people let's hope let's hope that the minnesota vikings take a debo samuels and not a Nikhil harry have a great weekend hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today